0: From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello and welcome to episode 176 of the Anxiety Project podcast. I am Brad Robinson. Today, is a Q&A episode so I'm going over your questions answering them in as much detail as I can and you guys thank you for sending me such great questions the ones I'm answering today include adopting a routine for healing uh, then I'm answering a question about breaking the cycle of addiction and then another question is from someone who's witnessed and went through the experience of watching a family member suffer in the hospital and then passing away uh, and then being stuck in that traumatic experience and how you can release that experience and heal yourself so great questions today but before we dive in i want to see and hear what you have to say about previous episodes, starting with Darren J. He says, when you said that by bypassing that primitive brain, you are increasing your pain tolerance, something clicked for me. Then trying cold showers, I realized how great I feel afterwards. I did something challenging before the daily challenges. Absolutely, Darren. I'm glad that that clicked with you, uh, Sumar sixty six says, "I'm having a hard time with cold showers. I find them difficult. Any help? Absolutely. Well, first of all, work your way up to because, well, you know, you you hear Wim Hof or you hear other people who take cold showers. They spend many minutes in there, underneath, uh, you know, lathering themselves all the way fully under." for five, 10 minutes, and it can be quite daunting, right? Or, it, or it, if you are just starting out and very sensitive to this challenge, well, I would recommend that you start off small, right? In, increase the coldness over a period of time because think about it. You've been practicing hot showers or you've been conditioned to hot showers for your whole life, I assume. And now that you've you're transitioning into this totally different way of 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 being or you can say this totally different routine in a complete and oppo- opposite direction, well, start off by taking a hot shower and then the second half increasing the cold but then also set a goal of maybe one cold shower a week right because you're improving right at least one day of the week you are taking that cold shower so if you're having a hard time getting into that routine sumar uh set the goal set the bar just a little bit higher than it is now. And, you know, write on a calendar, okay, this is the day I'm taking a cold shower. I'm going to try one day a week. And then you succeed and what happens? You get motivated to push yourself a little bit more. The first question in this Q&A episode comes from Malika. They say, how do you create healthy routines for healing and actually follow them? especially morning and night ones. So Malika, I'm assuming that you're having difficulty following goals that you're setting for yourself right now. But also more importantly, you have to figure out what are the routines of people that are getting the results you want. So if your current patterns of behaviors aren't producing the results you want, then you need to adjust your strategies. At first, you have to copy the habits of someone else's routine before you turn it into your own. So the habits of the person who is in the physical and mental state that you want for yourself is the way forward. So what are they doing? Are you getting the results you want now? Well, no. Okay, well, you have to adopt the routines of someone who is getting the results you want. And it's best that you, Malika, you don't create habits or a a new routine, but you follow the routine of somebody. You have to become, you have to be the student. Set a consistent wake time. This is the first thing I recommend. So I'm going to lay out for you, Malika, what I do. And copy what I do. And then you'll see eventually over time you might not like one little thing I do and you might make that one little thing into your own thing. But first, copy what I do. First thing, set a consistent wake time. I used to be the guy to wake up at 10.30 every day and my sleep cycle was atrocious. And a poor sleep cycle interrupts your circadian rhythm and this disrupts your anxiety it can make the chaos of the day much much worse you want to regulate your sleep you want to routine your lifestyle as much as you can because i've noticed what makes up the anxious personality a chaotic mind is someone who's all over the place there's no order and structure. Structure is key. So keep your wake time consistent every day, no matter what. And your body will adjust to it. Your body will eventually say, oh, it's 6 a.m. I'm wide awake because your, ri- your circadian rhythm has adjusted To this sleep cycle. But at first, you have to adjust to this new wake time. And that's going to be difficult, but you have to stay with it and show the brain that, hey, even though I'm feeling tired at 6am, I'm getting up anyways. Because why? Well, I'm proving my old self wrong. The old me used to wake up at 10, 11, maybe even 12, right? But now, I'm getting up early, and I'm starting my day early and with with some structure with a sacred space that is for me and me only and it also adds discipline too discipline is necessary if you this is one of the tiny little wires that make up the cable of what is discipline right so think of the cable as well, it's strong, it's sturdy, it won't break, right? And so the tiny wires, think of it as, think of those wires as tiny habits that make up the strong, sturdy, foundational cable, right? Um, So yes, that one little wire could be Waking up at the same time at 6 a.m. every day. Now, you have to endure those sleepy mornings before your body adjusts, like I said before. And, you know, when you start to question, oh, this probably isn't for me, or I should probably sleep in, or, you know, I don't think I could do this. Well, your old self, which wasn't working, it needs to be proven wrong. And you need to push through this resistance. Then the next thing I do is meditate. Start off 10 minutes. And I recommend you download this app called Insight Timer. I-N-S-I-G-H-T Timer. Not a sponsor. I love the app because you can get guided meditations. There's actually a seven-day beginner's course on the app, I believe. I hope it's still there, Uh, but it's fantastic. You do it every single morning. It's like 10 minutes long each session, and it's guided, and I recommend that. The second thing is, or the third thing, I should say, is journal. Write in the journal, but a lot of people aren't consistent with their journaling is because They don't know how to structure a journal, or they're perfectionists. But here's how you structure a journal. You write three things you're grateful for. You write three things you're excited about today. You write the goal of your day. And then write all the negative thoughts that come to your mind so that you get it out onto paper and so that they're not clustered up inside your mind. And then the next thing you do is stretch out all of your muscles because your body is tense in the morning. It wants to stretch itself out. And so on the floor, randomly stretch out your muscles. You'll feel better. That's what I do in the mornings. And so if you're having a hard time being consistent with a morning routine, write out a contract with yourself and sign it saying, I will designate the next two months with a morning routine or morning and night routine and have a clear goal in mind. Have a clear aim and tape it onto your wall. Whatever is necessary to remind yourself that you need to change. Change is necessary. And stumble forward because at first... You could have a couple days where you are unsuccessful, and this can deter and steer you away from the goal because people lose the confidence that, oh, they can't do it. But note where you came from, the days you were successful in, in those routines. And that is eye opening because when you start to say, hey, you know, even though I failed those two days, I went three, four days with this routine. That's four days more than you were successful before when you didn't do any of these routines. And so this is a battle between you and yourself. And in regards to night routines, I highly recommend an hour before bed, no stimuli, no phones, no emails, no TV, no no video games. Take a hot bath, light some incense, meditate for 10 minutes, write out your schedule for the next day so that you're not waking up an hour into your sleep thinking, oh, I, I need to do this or I need to do that. Write down everything on paper uh, and ease your way into bed. That's really important. The next question comes from Hayden. You have helped me with my health anxiety so much and thank you. But I feel like my anxiety is so much worse when I do not have vape nicotine. Is there any way that I could less my anxiety from it and completely stop vaping? Well, first of all, Hayden, you're experiencing the withdrawal from what I tell from your question. When you stop, when you don't have your vape, your anxiety gets worse. I see that as withdrawal. Now, I got withdrawal in so many areas of my addictions. When I stopped caffeine, I had caffeine withdrawal. I, when I stopped eating sugar and carbohydrates, well, I had carb withdrawal. I had anxiety. I had frustration. I had headaches. I had uh, t- tension and agitation, distress, lack of focus. So you are using nicotine to bump up your reward pathways artificially. You're trying to, as soon as you your body begins to experience withdrawal, you go back to the nicotine so that you can bump up that reward circuitry to where it was before. Because what happens in withdrawal is your brain is coming back down to a homeostasis state. There's a seesaw effect happening in the pleasure and pain part of the brain. So when you take these artificial stimuli to feel good, the pleasure goes up and then the pain starts to come down. But what happens when you stop doing the substance is the pain starts to rise and the pleasure starts to come down. And when you start to feel that pain, when you start to feel that agitation, frustration, a sense of lack, what do you do? You want you do the substance again. And Then what happens? The pleasure goes back up and the pain goes back down. But we need the pain to come back up so that it reaches its homeostasis state because that's what the brain is doing. It, it's such a reward, right? Pornography, drugs, alcohol, video games, Netflix, social media, we get these artificial rewards that are so great. And because they're so great, we we get such a self-evident frustration when we stop using them. Because in all of human history, we, we haven't experienced these types of stimuli before. You know, back then, we got our reward circuits... Going by hunting and getting a kill and bringing it back to the tribe and feeling good that, yes, we got dinner tonight. We got food for the tribe. That felt great. And that motivated us to go and hunt again. But now we're being motivated to go back on Instagram. We're being motivated to go back onto porn or to take nicotine or the cigarette, right? And so, without the pain, there's no gain. You have to go through the withdrawal to gain the homeostasis state, the balance, right? Now, I ask you, Hayden, why do you want to stop vaping? Do you not like being dependent on this substance? And you know, unconsciously, that it is not serving your overall health. And so attach pain to not changing and pleasure to change. So list those reasons. What happens if you don't change in the next year? If you remain dependent on nicotine, what is happening? What does that you look like? What does this new you without nicotine look like? Are you going to be healthier? How would it feel to be not dependent on this substance? Also, surrounding yourself with people who overcame addictions is quite useful because you start to absorb their energy and that motivation increases for you to pursue through this resistance and to obtain that goal. If you're hanging around people who are addicted and who are dependent I wouldn't have got over my porn addiction if I was hanging around my friends who are addicted to porn. That wouldn't have worked. What I did was I was surrounding myself with people online, podcasters, YouTubers, who overcame the addiction, and I was studying them. And by studying them, I was showing my unconscious mind, I value these people because I'm spending my time watching them. And thus, I value them. I value their personality. So uh, I want to briefly go over the cycle of addiction. There's pain. And then you use the addictive agent. And then there's the temporary anesthesia or the distraction. And then there's the consequence And then there's the shame and guilt leading to pain and low self-esteem which leads you back into the addictive agent. It's a vicious cycle. You're not going to stop, Hayden, without the discomfort of anxiety. It's going to be there. What can you replace vaping with? What can you replace vaping with? The brain needs to balance itself back. So shift your lifestyle choices around. Find people online that have overcome an addictive substance. And what do they look like? What do they recommend that you do? And I want you to adopt new routines, breaking patterns. And you have to essentially go through the pain of the withdrawal. That's what you have to do. You have to face that pain. It's a challenge. But it could be the greatest challenge of your life. And what I mean by the most rewarding because, yes, you have to face the dragon, but after you get the gold. Thank you for your question. The next question comes from Jade. I can't help but replay a traumatizing memory of a family member in the hospital. It brings me such sadness and heartbreak. They have passed since. Thank you, Jade, for that comment. Uh, It's not an easy thing to go through that, and I've been through that a couple times. One with my grandfather who suffered in the hospital, and it was quite the traumatizing experience for me. Now, how I overcame that and how my clients and the people that I've studied how they overcome this kind of trauma is to let the emotions come back up and relive the experience to some degree. And so images creates emotions, right? Because I'm sure that you, when you are rehashing out this experience in your mind's eye that you don't feel too good. As you said in your question, it brings out sadness and heartbreak. And it, the, the, the unconscious mind is presenting unresolved feelings to you, Jade. I'm sure you didn't know at the time when you're in the hospital how to handle all of that distress, right? It's an imprint. Your analytical mind was out to lunch and you were just absorbing this wave after wave of negative emotion. And the fact that it's so vivid in your mind's eye is your unconscious mind telling you, this thing needs to be resolved. It needs to be resolved. Because it doesn't want to be in that, in that kind of situation again in the future. And so, play the memory out and let the emotions come up then imagine what you would do in that situation to make it more empowering. What would you do? What would you say to the loved one? Would that loved one... Would they have wanted you to hold on to this sadness... What could they say to you? Imagine what they would say. Imagine giving them a hug and, and telling them how you feel about all that has happened. And then ask yourself, are they currently suffering? Well, in your case, no, they passed. Suffering is not existent in their life anymore their suffering body is no longer here on earth is it useful for me to continue to suffer break that negative emotional grip over them by imagining healing images you have to show the unconscious mind that There is safety around this experience rather than fear, dread, pain. The more you attach safety to this memory, the more your unconscious will let it go. This is reframing at its finest. So talk to them in your mind's eye. Talk with them and Spill to them all of your emotions, all those stored up emotions. Bring it all up and speak with them. The unconscious needs to know that this is in the past and no longer needs to be held on to. I have a releasing trauma exercise on my website or sorry, on the YouTube channel. So go to the Anxiety Project YouTube channel. Under Meditations, you'll find a healing trauma exercise. Do this exercise on this experience, Jade. Do this today. Because the answers and the healing comes from the confrontation of the things that we do not want to confront. Without confronting these past stored emotions, we are never going to get past them. And the unconscious will continue to hold on to them. And thus, you'll be stuck in the past day after day, month after month, year after year. It's time to let that go. And that's where I'm going to leave you on today's podcast episode. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Lastly, do not let anxiety define who you are. I will see you on the next podcast episode. Bye for now. Brad's powerful anxiety recovery program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The anxiety project program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com. Recovery starts now.